Les Men in Black débarquent sur PlayStation à bout de protéger la Terre contre la racaille de l'univers. Men in Black sur PlayStation. Anti-Sevantaine. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. We are a community podcast about video games which aims to bring lapsed and active gamers together in an effort to keep the hobby alive for us all. You can chat with us on social media at Lapsgamer on Twitter and via our Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash lapsgamer. Uh, you can email us at lapsedgamerradio at gmail.com or you can visit our blog at lapsgamer.com for more written content. Tonight I am your host Stuart Neil and today we'll be talking about what we've been playing recently and any news stories of note. Joining me today are our very own Andy Pitty and friend of the show Nick Jones. Hey all. Hello. <laughs> Before um, we sort of move on to general chatter and what have you, uh, we will get to the backlogathon update. I'll just read through. Mark has very kindly sent in a uh, <laughs> confession as such. Um, for it. He says, Hey guys, sorry I can't be with you tonight, but I thought I'd let you know how my backlogathon is progressing. Firstly, I have finished the Blood and Wine expansion to The Witcher 3 and have thus finished that game completely. I'll talk more about it next time I'm on the show, but despite the final boss taking me hours to beat, I loved it. Both expansions for The Witcher 3 have shown exactly what a studio can do with DLC when they care about quality over money. He has a couple of confessions. He says, I have purchased three games since the last episode. I have a weakness for sales. In my defence, two of them were HD remakes of games I have already beaten, which were Dishonored and Dark Souls 2. I just wanted the definitive versions because they are games I love. The third game is Abzu, which I have wanted for ages, especially after Stuart's glowing recommendation on the last episode. So I grabbed it for £6 in the recent PSN sale and finished it in one sitting. I'm going to play through again to clean up the last few trophies, but that game is incredible. At a push, I think I would still take Journey over it, but it's good enough to sit alongside. Anyway, that's all from me this week, and I'm currently bashing my head against Dark Souls 3, so I hope to get that cleared off my backlog soon enough. I have a couple of small confessions on this as well. <laughs> After- Your legal loopholes, both of you. You come with these legal oh, loopholes. Not- this, comes with- <laughs> this is a game I've already beaten. I just got the definitive, <laughs> so I'll just buy it. I wasn't looking forward to listening to your reason now. Well, I don't technically have any reasons. My confession is I bought a couple of games <laughs> after seeing the price of the Switch and deciding not to pre-order, so I wasn't intending to then buy it. However, I have now placed a pre-order for the Switch. I just thought, if it comes around to March and I don't get one, I'm going to be disappointed. But by the same respect, I could make a little bit of money on it. Uh, so I thought, while pre-orders are still available, I thought, well, I might as well. And then I have the choice of either cancelling before it even comes out, keeping it, or making a little bit of money on it. So I will wait and see. I have also re-pre-ordered the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild. Um, Amazon had it for £40 and we're doing an extra £2 discount if you're a Prime member. So I have got that re-pre-ordered. Also, after the Switch announcement and the pre-order price, I decided to just go, nah, I'm not getting it. So I went on to Humble and got the um, overly positive um, bundle that was out there and also dropped the extra dollar on the Assassin's Creed bundle. So I now have have the three Assassin's Creed Tales games um, as well. So I... 
that's my small confessions. I also got rid of four games um, that I have duplicates of. Uh, I have them on Steam, um, but I got rid of my PlayStation 3 versions just because I'm not going to play them on the PlayStation and I've got them on Steam, so absolutely no point in holding on to them. So I have reduced my list a little bit <laughs> purely by selling them, uh, which I know... Yeah, but you've added it to it by quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, there's no point um, holding on to them. <laughs> so... That is all of my little confessions. Uh, we haven't had anything in from anybody else, but I know Kev still has a pre-order, at least one pre-order, possibly two pre-orders for the Switch, despite him saying and he was cancelling his, and Lee certainly has one and is very much looking forward to his. Um, I think Ali has jumped aboard uh, for the pre-order of the Switch, so we're just waiting and seeing. What about yourself, Andy? Have you managed to get a pre-order in, or are you leaving it? If we want to get a pre-order in, it's just for pure profit. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think Kev's looking at the profit with um, the angle. It's because we're going to come out. We're going to sell out. It's you know, it's not two million units isn't a lot worldwide. I think it is as well. No. So yeah, there'll be at a premium for the first few weeks. So, mm-hmm. but not yet. <laughs> uh, Nick, what do you think about the switch? I'm more or less indifferent. I, I'm interested in getting one because my son is three, so he's kind of likes the whole Mario and everything like that. So it'd be good f- for that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like all of my friends have pre-ordered it, but when all the pre-orders went up, I was at work, and since I drive while I'm working, I couldn't really. And by the time it was like, all right, I should you know see if I can pre-order anything. It was also if I'm doing anything online, it's like, oh, you have to pay for the whole thing now, as opposed to, oh, you can put, like, 50 bucks down or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I don't really have the $300 today. I get paid tomorrow, and that's not going to be a good time. So I don't have a pre-order in yet, but my friend of mine and I were just talking about that earlier. So I may still try to try to get one, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, from what I can tell, there does seem to be a lot of... There's an awful lot of people who are very excited about it. There are an awful lot of people who are basically writing it off completely um, already, and it's a very odd situation. Um, so it is. I don't think we'll get even that sort of, you know, extreme opinions about the even the Xbox Scorpio whenever it comes out, um, potentially towards the end of the year. That I will. Um, even though that lot, yeah, that'll have a, an awful lot. Um, higher price tag um, mm-hmm. than the Switch has. So we will just wait and see. Yeah, but even the most positive people on our, on our cast itself aren't gonna re- don't want to recommend it to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a tough sell for what is. I was reading an interesting article on the Guardian website today um, mm. by Kate Gray, um, which basically says that the Switch is a portable console for you to take home as opposed to a home console for you to take out with you. Mm. And uh, I think that's a much, it's actually probably a much better way of looking at it. You know, in reality, I know Nintendo have said that they are going to keep supporting the 3DS and what have you, whereas the Wii U is basically being, you know, it will be finished and Breath of the Wild being the last game that will be released on it. Um, looking at the Switch as a portable device that you can then take home um, is a much better way of looking at it and actually for a lot of people will be an easier sale if you do it around that way, purely because... For people who are out and about, um, you know, whenever they're commuting on their bus or whatever, that is maybe only their only game time that they would get. And whenever they're at home or whatever, they obviously want to spend their time with family mm. and what have you and don't necessarily want to sit and play games. So as a portable gaming device, it is very, very good. And it doesn't necessarily then have the distraction of, say, gaming on a mobile phone where you've got multiple notifications or what have you um, popping up while you're playing. 
um, you know, different Twitter ones are going into your email, etc., and you know all the different social yeah. networks and things. Uh, so it was a very interesting way of looking at it. And as a lot of people say, it's getting to play things like Skyrim and Zelda on the go, um, which is quite a big deal, even if the battery life um, is maybe works against it a little bit in that respect. Yeah. Um, but even getting things like I Am Setsuna or even sort of larger scale or sort of longer time commitment RPGs, um, I think will be a big sell for it. And I'm hoping that the software catalog will get somewhere close to the 3DS, because one of the 3DS's main selling points is the fact that it has an awful lot of unique exclusive titles that aren't available anywhere else. Whereas whenever you look at the Wii U, it was always kind of playing catch up, um, particularly with the indie developers and what have you. It was always things that have been out on other consoles for ages were eventually ported um, onto the Wii U, and it. I'm hoping it's not going to go that way, but certainly at the minute it does seem to be, well, this game's already available on other formats, but it's now coming to the Switch. Mm. The Switch needs needs to have a lot more exclusive, unique um, games, particularly from the indie developers, if that's at all possible. Um, or even things like, you know, the Japanese RPGs that would have went to the Vita. If they can somehow get those onto the Switch, I think that'll be quite a big selling point for it. Quite possibly. It's just a wait and see, really, isn't it? I mean... It is, yeah. At the minute, we keep seeing sort of games lists of games that might be out or you know coming out before the end of the year and things and there is still an awful lot of we're not sure if it'll make it or not or they're you know sort of to be announced um release dates and things like that so there's still an awful lot up in the air um and while that release those release lists and things actually look quite impressive um again it's ones that you sort of think but i've already got it on steam or you know i've already played it on you know ps4 xbox one and stuff which isn't impressive, yeah. and while having it on some of those games on the go will be good, um, it's not necessarily a seller um, for a device. Yeah. We will move on to what we're playing. And actually, before we even do that, Nick, I don't think we've had a proper introduction to yourself. I know you've previously been on the um, Ballyhoo episode for Silent Hill. Yep. But what sort of a gamer are you? Um, it's a little bit, I don't, I'm more of a quote unquote active than lapsed per se, but, um, when I, I, so I got a new job in October and, um, in my previous job, like I worked Friday through Tuesday, but Tuesday was in the evening and everything else was during the day. So Mondays and Wednesday nights, I always played, um, like we were playing Overwatch for a while, and then we, when Battlefield One came out, we would play that. So Monday and Wednesday night, every week, I was playing something with my group of friends. Um, but with my new job, I start at four a.m., so my alarm goes off at three o five a.m. So I'm not really staying up until like eleven o'clock on a Monday night playing Xbox anymore, which makes me real sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and my son turned three in October, so. He was going to bed at like, you know, 7 o'clock at night, so playing at 8 wasn't that bad, but now he's staying up until later because he's older, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So it's like the limited time that I'm awake when I get home from work because some days I'm home, like today I get out early enough, so I'm home by 3. He's not here because he and my girlfriend are in Florida for the, um, they'll be back Wednesday. But um, I'm usually like, okay, I'm kind of sitting around for a little bit and then it's like all right now i have to take a shower and hey look at that it's dinner time and hey look at that now i'm going to bed so to add the the gaming aspect to it then makes it a little tougher 
Um, but I still try to, at least if, like, on the weekends, um, like, I'm pl- currently playing through, like, Disney Infinity 2 and 3, and I have a bunch of the Lego games, so he'll be like, oh, let's play a game, and he'll, I, he has a 360 control with no batteries in it, and I'm playing on the 1, but he'll, he sits there for, like, five minutes playing around with the controller, and then he gets up and goes and plays with his toys. But if I shut off the Xbox, he's like, no, we're supposed to be playing games. Like, yeah, but you're not playing the games. You're just not even watching me play the game. But he wants it on the background or whatever. But um, so, I mean, I play, I'll play just about any kind of game. Like, I've talked to people like, oh, I don't know if you'd like this game because I lean more towards first person shooters. But I'll play like any like RPGs, whatever. I'll play just about any kind of game as long as it's entertaining. Like, if it's just a garbage game, like, if people like, oh, some people like it, but some people don't, but my main group of friends is like, yeah, none of us have tried that, that's not necessarily going to sway me either way, I'll still take a look at it and be like, oh, that looks like something I'd want to play, or no, I'm good with it, so, I don't really know what category that falls into, but I mean, I, I got the 360... Uh, on launch day um, and I got the one a friend of mine happened to have pre-ordered two and he was like oh did you pre-order one I'm like I don't have that kind of money like I at my last job I wasn't really making much so um, an extra uh, quote unquote $500 wasn't really a thing that existed in my life hmm. so he ha- since he had two he's like alright yep and you can just like I just paid him back over time so I've had that since launch as well and and yeah, I mean, I've played, like, this past weekend was great because, like I said, my girlfriend and my son aren't home, so I finished a couple of games, um, working on, like, playing more games. It's like, oh, good. This is, w- this is what it's supposed to be like. But, like I said, I don't know if that makes me active, lapsed, whatever, but somewhere in the middle, I guess. Somewhere in the middle. That's where I'll go. Yeah, certainly becoming a parent certainly changes the amount of free time that you have yes indeed um, i have a <laughs> i have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and why we can seven o'clock is their bedtime and they're happy enough with that but it, they still take a little while to settle mm-hmm. sometimes and that will definitely change as they get older yep uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then due to being at work and what have you all day then that little sort of period in between getting dinner sorted and then getting them up to bed and then even after they've gone to bed is usually the time to get some housework and stuff done as well. So if I'm lucky, I would maybe get, um, you know, an hour or so a night. Um, And that's assuming that I'm not spending um, time with my wife sitting watching something on TV or whatever as Mm -hmm. well. So it usually comes down to the weekends um, and I would have maybe sort of a couple of hours and maybe sort of stay up until midnight or whatever. Um, But knowing then that, you know, on the Saturday and Sunday we'll probably have sort of fairly full busy days. Um, whenever we're trying to get other stuff done and what was swimming lessons and things like that as well so yeah it's uh, it certainly changes things so it does yep it's always something <laughs> yeah but it's great fun being able to share games with them and what have you as well exactly um, my son loves you know, loves loves um, playing the Lego games and what have you um, he's currently sort of working his way through Lego City Undercover and um, he's beaten surprisingly he's beaten um, Skylander Swap Force and he really really enjoyed that um, he's probably about three quarters of the way through Giants as well and uh, those are just great games for kids they need a little bit of help with them but that's fair enough and uh, sitting playing with them while they're doing a lot of the stuff on screen is, uh, is very very good yep I'll be getting to that point soon enough I'm sure <laughs> right now it's still the he'll watch me play like so I have Batman Arkham Knight and he's like oh let's play Batman I'm like that's not really a game for you but whatever it's Batman <laughs> beating people up so I guess it's still okay I mean it's not like it's like 
profanity laced or whatever like a grand theft auto mm-hmm. but at some point soon i think i'm gonna have to do that too and give him the control it's like all right here you go make the guy go <laughs> so must learn sometime exactly he loves what like so if i'm not home my girlfriend's like yeah i don't know anything about video games i can't do it i don't care so i recently got my gamecube and n64 hooked up in his room i haven't done anything with them in there but the controllers are still kicking around so we use Apple TV for pretty much everything, so she'll just put on a YouTube video of a video game of something, and he'll just play with one of the controllers like he's playing the game, even though so he's not doing anything really, but he's like, I want to play a game, and she's like, well, I can't play a game, so here you go. This will work. <laughs> Wonderfully creative parenting. <laughs> right? But what can you do? <laughs> Very true. Nick, while you're talking anyway, do you want to talk about what you've been playing recently? Sure. Uh, Like I said, my girlfriend's been gone for, it'll be basically a week when she comes back on Wednesday. So I actually finished three games in three days. It would have been four if Battlefield 1 had decided, like not decided to glitch on me yesterday. But I've been playing Unravel, um, South Park Stick of Truth, and those are two I I finished. Apparently I was close in uh, in both of them and not really realized how close to the end of the games I actually was. So I finished those Friday and Saturday, and then a friend of mine came over on Saturday night, and we started uh, Gears of War 4 and then finished it Sunday morning because uh, he doesn't have the Xbox One, but he loves Gears of War. So it's like, all right, well, we have the house to ourselves. Basically, we can hang out, you know, order food, maybe maybe drink some whiskey and play some <laughs> Xbox, and that's pretty much what we did. Um, and Battlefield, Battlefield 1, I have two story missions left and i'll be have completed the game have you have either of you played the campaign for um battlefield one no no i heard it's quite good there i heard it's good it is there so there's a state one of the like you can actually play the stories there's just six stories you can play them in any order you want um the lawrence of arabia one there's uh the second story like the second mission in that story um you have to kill three commanders and take their satchels and release birds or whatever but there's an achievement for killing them uh with melee attacks and whatever so i was like all right cool so i watched the video on like where they were the easiest way to do it it's like three minutes like all told it's like all right so i can do that so i killed the first guy went to the second guy and Killed, like, I killed the first guy, picked up a satchel, went to the second guy, killed him, picked up a satchel. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to go, like, to some checkpoint and release the bird or whatever. So I did that on two and three, and then went back to the first guy. I'm like, all right, I just have to go to that location. But it's telling me, oh, kill kill the commander. I'm like, but I've, but I've already killed him. <laughs> all right, whatever. He's back, apparently. So I kill him, and it says pick up the satchel, but there's no, there's no way to pick anything up. So I just got frustrated with it because, I mean, like I said, it's like three minutes, three to five minutes all told. So I could have just like restarted the whole chapter, but I was frustrated because I'm like, no, this should just work. I already picked up the thing. It's on my person someplace. Right. And the game is apparently confused. So probably once we finish this recording, I'll probably go finish that tonight. Mm. I mean, I've been uh, juggling a bunch of games, like I said, with my son. So like Lego Jurassic Park. Lego Jurassic World, whichever one that one is. Um, we're up to Jurassic Park 3. Disney Infinity 2 and 3, I'm bouncing between both of them. Um, like, I finished the Avengers playset or whatever for 2. The Battlegrounds thing for 3. But I've, like, started the Finding Dory thing in 3 and the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. So, 
when that went away, I guess is the easiest way to describe, like, it's gone, they don't make it anymore or whatever, um, everything got clearanced out, so, um, my girlfriend bought the place, the, the set for three, and then, like, you can find the, like, I got most of the figures for, like, Walmart had a bunch of them for five bucks a piece, during Black Friday, Toys R Us was doing buy one, get three free, and then (laughs) Best Buy did a bunch for under a dollar, so... I have all of the Star Wars figures, all of the Marvel figures, and the inside out, all of them, and then a couple of miscellaneous ones here and there, but I'm like, I don't want to get like this one figure, because now I'll just kind of want to complete the set, just so I have the set complete, <laughs> not that it actually means anything, but I'll have them all. <laughs> I mean, the hardest one to find- Other than your shelf. Yeah, exactly. The hardest one to find- as far as like the Marvel figures was the uh, black suit Spider-Man because mm. he wasn't on sale anywhere like for cheap. So it's like, I'm actually have to spend 15 bucks on Amazon to get him. That's not fair. <laughs> Why is he $5? Like every, everything else. <laughs> but I mean, those are fun to just run around or whatever, but you're playing those, aren't you, Andy? Yeah. Come on, Nick. You, you're my only hope now. Cause I've been playing one and I'll talk about the first, a few of your ex- um, player sets. Does it get better? Do we improve with two and three? Um, I haven't played the first one, so I can't say. Mm. I mean, all I've really done, like, I didn't really do much, like, the building of the house or whatever. It's like, oh, there's an achievement for doing this. Okay, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get the achievements on that. But, um, like, the Avengers playset in two was pretty fun. I mean, I ran around with, I think, Hulk, Hulk and Venom. Uh, because I was I I had three first, mm. and I got the the whatever the battlegrounds thing is, which it, I I never played Power Stone, but apparently that's similar to what Power Stone is or was. Oh, cool. Um, the way the game the way the gameplay is. Okay. So I mean, it's more or less just a fighting game, but it's like three dimensional across, like you know, oh they're upstairs or downstairs or whatever. But that was fun. The Finding Dory one is okay. I haven't really played that too much either. But I never played the other one, so I don't know how how it works out. I know, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy one is, um, you know, you can start with the, the people from Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like, oh, then you can add Nova. Like, you have to find their things in the game in order to play them. And I think that's the same with the Star Wars ones, too. Like, I have all the Star Wars figures, but they can't, like, you can't use Darth Maul in the, um, like, A New Hope or whatever. You have to find something in order to unlock him and whatnot mm-hmm. like well that's not fair i want darth maul to run around and do stuff but whatever <laughs> yeah those restrictions are pretty um shitty to put put released like you can't just put any figure in any place set and because it's ro- run around it's tied down isn't it yeah that's like it'd be kind of cool since you know disney owns marvel and star wars to put like hey you know what i'm actually gonna put star lord into star wars because that'd be fun but it's not an option Mm. You can only use, like, the specific people. I mean, obviously, if you're running around... I think if you're doing, like, the uh, the Toy Box games, which I haven't played any of those, yeah. you can use whichever figures you want to do whatever you want to do with them. So, I mean, mm. that's kind of cool. And bringing the figures from 2 to 3 and vice versa... Yeah, you can bring 2 to 3, but not 3 to 2. So, you can... Like I said, I was playing that Battlegrounds thing. You can take the leveled up figures from what you were playing in the Marvel game and bring them into Infinity 2 and they they have they, they mm. retain that level so okay. so if you have 3 or 2 either way you know what I mean like if you're going from 2 to 3 
you have a character that's level to what 15 or whatever he should be level 15 yeah. in three when you put the figure on the base so yeah that's kind of fun yeah i think that's probably what hampered it with you know the license restrictions i understand between star wars and marvel, yep. and, marvel and everything mm. it's just a shame that be the ceo just go just just do it just put, <laughs> we, we put own all of this just, just make it a thing yeah that's it just you know like look at lego they don't even know they own the license they don't own the properties itself exactly mm-hmm. and they're all mixing it they're mixing it all together you've got Lord of the Rings mixing it with Batman mixing it with Gremlins mixing it with A-Team and Mission Impossible they're not restrictive why are we so restricted? I think that's part of the issue. I think maybe hampered them in, in terms of the game style itself. Yeah, I could see that. I think it says an awful lot about the toys to life um, sort of games and what have you whenever you can pick up uh, Disney Infinity versions 1, 2 and 3 in gold editions on Steam. Um, either twenty two ninety nine each or forty four ninety nine um, for all three of them. And that is basically it's all characters and all playsets unlocked. Um, within the games and that's an awful lot cheaper than buying the games whenever they came out and then buying all the character sets as well yeah but you don't have those shiny bits of plastic too come on <laughs> that's what it's about oh yeah I have my I have to keep the Star Wars ones are actually in a drawer like my son can run around and play with all the other ones because they're not really fragile but when mm-hmm. I first got them he was playing with the Star Wars ones he broke off one of Darth Maul's lightsabers I'm like well can't play with these anymore uh, <laughs> but I mean so like the Marvel ones are all pretty sturdy so I don't really care it's not he's not going to snap anything off of those but it's just the the Star Wars ones I'm like you know what they'll just stay over here <laughs> are you defying Disney logic and mixing them together Marvel and Star Wars are they, are they separate <laughs> exactly so he's got well the Mar- like I like I said I have some of the like miscellaneous Disney ones those are all he like he'll play with all of them he was doing basically you'd come um, like I'd come home from work and he'd have have all of them just lined up on the floor like in a parade from I think he did it from smallest to biggest and he didn't have. He didn't care who was from what sets. Like I think I had this three Alice in Wonderland, or well, from whatever the newer one is. Looking through the Looking Glass, um, mm-hmm. so it's Alice, Time, and I don't remember who the third one is. Regardless, oh Hatter, Mad Hatter. So, but there'd be miscellaneous. Like it'd be the Hulkbuster fighting, you know, Time because Time's a bad guy apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good times. Cool. How did you enjoy um, South Park? Because it was a game I really liked when I played it, I think in 2015. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I was just... So I was doing a lot of like the achievement things, so I didn't sell any items until after the game was over or whatever. But the end of the game, to me, just kind of came out of... I don't want to say out of nowhere, but mm. it's like, all right, you know, you have to fight Princess Kenny now. I'm like, all right. So I didn't think it was the actual like end of the game because of the way it's just happened. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I could have put on that outfit and got that achievement. I could have done this and got, nah, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting those achievements. Oh, well. But, <laughs> I mean, it was still fun. Like I said, that's why I was just surprised. The The ending fight was kind of obnoxious where it's like, oh, well, just keep just keep fighting them. Just just go ahead. Just keep fighting them. Mm. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> I only have so many backstabs I can use. It does have the best boss battle, doesn't it? When you're fighting in the bedroom amongst the... Um balls and everything yeah that was kind of that was kind of terrifying yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was a real fun game so 
I bought it for, I think it was on, I have it digitally, so it's probably on sale for like between five and ten bucks. I don't know if I'll spend full price for the fractured butt hole, but you never know. I could be persuaded, I suppose. Hmm. Do you have it, Stu? No. Um, wow. I really don't have. I know, surprising. <laughs> um, it's one that I don't know if a lot of people have talked about and what have you, but I've never been a huge South Park fan. Um, I always just sort of watched little bits and pieces um, whenever friends were over so and then they all went to university and what have you so I only ever saw mm. little bits and pieces from like the first three series I know Kev absolutely loves it and uh, is eagerly awaiting the uh, fractured butthole um, so he is which is still hopefully coming out this year for him <laughs> um, so certainly and I know it has dropped down in price and what have you on Stick of Truth um, in sort of the sales um, as they keep going on and I probably will pick it up at some stage but at the minute I've probably got enough to play with <laughs> and to be fair I wouldn't say I'm the biggest South Park fan either I haven't watched an episode in I don't even know how long mm. but the, I mean the world was always like like you said you watched a couple episodes here a couple of episodes there and it's funny so even just being in the world is still entertaining so I wouldn't say because you're not a like the biggest fan that you're you know that would hold you back. Yeah. If you like RPG, if you like turn-based RPGs, then I would say give it a go. Oh, okay. Well, I'll add it to the wish list then. <laughs> I mean, not 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 to feed the addiction. I'm just saying it's it's a fun game. That's all. <laughs> that's it. He'll be blaming you next for his breaking his phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick Nick told me to buy a stick of truth. How'd they go yeah. and buy it? <laughs> yep. There you go. Nick, out of those games and sort of looking at it from a lapsed gamer perspective um, for sort of either lack of time or games that are easy to play in chunks, which would you recommend? Um, Unravel is, I quite enjoyed it just as a platformer. So, I mean, the way I was doing it would be um, I'd play a, a level or two or whatever and then, you know, not play it for a while and then pick it back up and do another level. So, and just... You can probably get get through the whole game. I think there's like a 10 or 11 stages, mm-hmm. and you could probably do it in a couple hours tops if you actually just sat down and just played straight through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was also doing like the, oh, for this stage, if you do like, if you knock all the snow off these branches, that's an achievement. So I was kind of, it took me a little bit longer only because I was watching videos because of course nobody does just like text guides anymore. <laughs> I hate watching a video and then having to go, it's like, just tell me where it is and I will go find it. But, and I mean, the average video was like 10 minutes. So yeah, you could, it's, it's, and it's just, I don't know. Have you, either of you played Unravel? No, no. no. Yeah. I, I have it cause I have uh, EA access on the Xbox one. So I have it for quote unquote free. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what made me check it out. Anyways, I was always interested in it when like seeing vid- different videos on it, but it's just a, a solid in my opinion platform where you just you know get from uh the beginning of the stage to the end solve this puzzle to do it and there you go oh, okay just for you mentioning there what do you think of va access do you think it's value for money oh yeah or without a doubt could it be better i mean it could all everything can always be better but i mean it's mm. 30 bucks for the year and you have a ridiculous like a friend of mine the friend with gears of war 4 um he was like, uh, you know, I want to get an Xbox One, but I don't really want to buy a, like a whole bunch of games. I'm like, well, the way to do it would be to buy the Xbox One, spend the 30 bucks on EA Access, and as long as you have EA Access, you have like 
a bunch of games for free, I guess, is a way. For 30 bucks, you have a whole bunch of games. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they just added all three Mass Effect games. I think it's the last three Maddens are on there, the last two NHLs. I don't think 17's on there yet, but it mm-hmm. might be. I think there's two or three FIFAs. So, I mean, obviously, you only really need the newest one of the sports games, but yeah. they have all the Battlefields, I think. They don't have Battlefield 1, but Hardline's on there, 3 mm. and 4, and they just added Bad Company 2. So, I mean... If you like EA games, then it's definitely worth it if you're, especially if you're like, oh, I, I'm just getting the Xbox now. I don't really know what to get. The, it, oh, I think Dragon Age Inquisition's in there as well. So you have something from like every kind of game to play because Need for okay. Speed's in yeah. there. So if you like racing games, you can at least have one. It, I think two of them are on there. So you have a couple of racing games you can give a, give a try. All the different sports games, obviously. RPGs, first-person shooters. So... For me, it's definitely worth it just because it's there's so many different games where it's like, oh, I kind of want to play that, but I don't really want to spend 60 bucks on it. And if you buy things digitally, you get 10% off any EA thing. Mm-hmm. And they also have like the 10 hour trials. So I had already, I was already like level 15, I think it was 15, um, in Battlefront before my friends had even gotten a chance to play it yet because none of them had EA access. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Having in and with with some games you have it's the full game and you can do so if you want to blast through the story before your friends all want to play multiplayer and it's only like a eight to ten hour campaign you could do that before they even have access to play the multiplayer and then you're jumping in the multiplayer at the mm-hmm. same stage as they are so but you've already completed the campaign if you're one of those people that likes that mm-hmm. like myself for example I enjoy a campaign so I would rather play through a campaign than just have a game that's just multiplayer but. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I said, if if you if you're getting a one and you you like kind of tight on money because everyone is, um, mm-hmm. the especially like a lapsed gamer and it's got all kinds of it's got a bunch of the older arcade games too, mm-hmm. like Peggles on there, Zuma. They have the Plants vs Zombies, the original one I guess, and then the Garden Warfare's are on there mm-hmm. too. So I mean, there's a lot of games on there for for thirty bucks. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, that's very good value then, sort of. Yep. It is. Should come to PlayStation. Don't know what Sony are playing at, really. Just <laughs> get it on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it's a it's an Xbox exclusive, but I'm not going to complain because I have the Xbox, so it works mm. for me. But yeah, I'm. Su- I'm I thought that w- weren't they in talks about bringing it to the PlayStation? Or is it just going to be a, an Xbox thing? I don't know. I know it's on PCs too. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. It is. Yeah. Part of the origin. Um. You can subscribe to it and what have you. Mm. And it's something that I've looked at because, yeah, as you say, there is a really, really good range of games there. But I wouldn't necessarily play multiplayer all that much. And I don't know, sports games on a PC just seems a bit weird. <laughs> so does, I think that's just me being brought up on, you know, playing all the old Maddens and NHLs yep. and what have you on the, uh, the Mega Drive or Genesis back in the day. Um, so playing them on a PC is just a little bit strange. I'll agree with that. If you're interested in like Dragon Age Inquisition, which I don't know if that's still like a. 50 or 60 dollar game or not but is, yeah. i mean that's a, a what multi many hours 50 plus hours game and that's one of the ones you get for free so i mean if it's like to me it's like take a look at what games are there and if you're interested in one of them and it's more than 30 dollars, then it's worth it right there yeah that's very true it's a very good way of looking at it 
So, you know, just add that to the list too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only one game. It's just EA Access. I just have to beat all of that game. It just comes in multi-parts. Yeah, it's, it's all... I just, yeah. Any time I can create a character, they just all have the same name. So this is a multi-talented <laughs> individual that can play hockey, basketball, football, and soccer. And he's also um, like a shepherd character in Mass Effect. And yeah, he does everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm buying a service, not a game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that kind of leads us nicely then into Andy. Uh, what have you been playing? Um, yeah, well, first of all, I've been um, continuing my um, journey through Toys to Life. So, last time I think I was on the new show, I just completed... I was playing Monsters, Inc. Um, Disney Infinity Set 1. Well, um, things didn't get much better with The Incredibles. And... So I played through that. It's just a weak story. I think that's that's what's really holding the playset ones. What I've you know what I've played so far. Is it just that they're their own little scenarios or story arcs as such within it, or it's almost you're in this big world, open world type of game. But mm-hmm. unlike Lego, where they either make their own story up with um, like Lego Marvel superheroes or they follow the films mm-hmm. um, like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. They've just sort of done this big open world um, and it seems to be we've put a flimsy plot line into it and you have to complete certain missions to further along the plot line which is not really strong but it's not really clearly indicated which ones you should be uh, which mission markers you should be going to to complete the storyline. Mm-hmm. So you're almost having to, especially what I did, I had to look up a guide and just see what missions were would take me through the main so-called storyline rather than take me here, there and everywhere and side quests or collections and stuff. I just wanted to get play through it. The settings don't seem strong enough. Uh, Monsters Inc. was Monsters University, sorry, it was quite weak. Incredibles, even a city... It is weak as well. The mm-hmm. world doesn't seem very populated. The best one out of the original three I did play was Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's had a strong theme though. So the pirate mm-hmm. theme was really strong. Storyline, again, wasn't great, but the theme was really good, and I enjoyed that the most. But of course, me being me, went out and got picked up Toy Story playset and the Cars playset and um, I'm just currently playing through Cars and that seems to have gone a bit backwards mm-hmm. with it setting so it's not looking that good um, I've still to play Toy Story and I'll probably pick up the Lone Ranger and move to enjoy Nick on Infinity 2 oh, okay. which not to jump in too much but the way you were talking about the, the weak storyline and the not really much direction mm. It seems just from what I played at like the Avengers playset, which was in two, um, it's better in that than what you're the, like what you're describing. I didn't really have that experience playing two, so hopefully mm. it's better once you get into two and it's not quite as miserable for you. Ah, cool. So if and if it's not Nick, I'll just blame you. <laughs> exactly. Just blame me for everything. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the other game um, I have put now 42 hours into, so I don't know if you can call me lapsed. <laughs> and I haven't got very far um, into it. I'm probably about a third of a way down the storyline. Um, is Dragon Age Inquisition. This is the third 
in the Dragon Age games, um, especially the main games. It's on the PlayStation 4, and I've played 2, and I've played Origins. But one of the unfortunate things is your saves don't carry over, so the world you sort of built doesn't technically carry over as such from the PS3 to the PS4. So oh, what okay. they did... They did a website called Dragon Age Keep, where mm. you, your PlayStation 3 saves sort of go to, um, and it creates the world of Fidus, your Fidus, the decisions you've made in the previous two games, and you can go back into it and either um, keep those decisions or change them about, and that world then imports into Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm-hmm. When I did it, part of it imported, but some of it imported wrongly, but it's an interesting thing you do go on the website and log into your um, EA account and make a few changes and all that. Essentially, the storyline is a series of rips opening in the world and you have to go around closing. them. There's been a massive explosion that's killed a lot of leaders and war leaders of the world of Fidus. And of course, you have, you have the only one who survived this explosion. And you go around, get your party together and... Go traversing the world. Now, like I said, um, 42 hours in, and I really haven't progressed the story around too much. I've been fanning around, doing a lot of side quests. I think <laughs> I mentioned it to the group, and Mark and Adam were shocked that I put 30 hours in, and I'd only got, and um, I didn't even reach the place called Skyhold, because I'd been building my power-up level so much, and doing loads of side quests, and building my level and all that. I'm a mage, I got advised by Mark and Adam to be a mage, which I am. Um, the game is good, it's just a lot of things to do. Mm. You can either power through, and you have to do some sort of grinding, um, do some sort of side quests, but I seem to have been doing a lot of side quests just to build up my power, so I feel I have to progress the story a bit along, along now. Mm. The areas are massive, it seems that one area you can go to, for example, like the Hinterlands, seems almost as big as the original game. I mean, before I started, everything I read was get out of the Hinterlands. I didn't. I spent about 25 hours there, um, <laughs> completing all the side quests. <laughs> and I sort of can understand why, because there's so much to do in this area. And you think, oh, I've got to do this, got to save that person, go find this key, go do that, go explore here that you do build up, you become really powerful mm-hmm. and it makes the game easier mm-hmm. as such so far. But we're right when we're saying that if you get out of this area, the game opens up a lot more. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't know, it's a tough one because you're going to grind at some point. So whether you grind in this one area for quite a bit or you grind in various areas, it I don't know, it's a tough decision to make, but I can see why people say, or why people didn't like this as much, because the Hinterlands is a quite a dull area. Whereas if you go to somewhere like the Falomaya, which is a swamp area, or you go to the desert, it opens up more, and there's a few more interesting things you can do. So there's that balancing act. Mm. They've also got, an, I don't know if any of you have played an Assassin's Creed game, I think two, three, and so on, when you pick up the Assassins, um, and you have to send them on missions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've introduced this concept of where you've got a war council, and there's little missions where that like, kick off around this world map, 
and you have to send advisors to these missions. Uh, you can send um, a negotiator, um, a sort of spy master, or a warrior to do these little missions, and they'll take around about either 20 minutes or 50 minutes, and you can get little rewards and get extra power that helps you unlock other areas. That's quite interesting. That's an interesting concept. I know my brother played it and he didn't like that concept. And despite playing the first two games, he stopped playing Inquisition. But it's good I'm enjoying it. You know, like I says, well, I've got to be enjoying it. 42 hours. You could say it's like four games there. <laughs> One thing I probably will say, they've sort of mixed two and f the first one, Dragon Age 2 and Dragon Age Rogins, where you're... Not like a proper RPG, like the first one where you were, when you leveled up, you were always updating your little stats and everything. Here, um, we've gone and followed the Dragon Age 2 type of um, progress chart where you don't really update your stats, it's more your skills. This, uh, I think that's quite a, um, disappointing for me. Maybe a bit of a tinkering would have been preferable. Mm. And the item things is still a hassle. At the moment, I can only carry having to come back to a merchant and sell loads of stuff and work out which is the best armor and so on. That's still a bit fiddly. So that's probably the downside. But overall, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. It's another good game. Um, a lot of decisions to be made. Um, like I said, I haven't progressed very far in the story. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but I've only reached Skyhold and I've <laughs> just left there and just come back. So, but yeah, it's highly recommended. Especially because you can save anywhere. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's the thing. You know, so you're not... I mean, sometimes over the last few weeks, I've only been play, able to play half an hour. So I'll play a half an hour chunk mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll save it, send us some advisors off to battle and they'll come back. Because it all, that all works out real time. It's good. It's recommended if you like the first two and you want to follow that um, story. But I can see why people maybe fell out of it quite a bit. Are you having any of the sort of graphical glitches and things, or that's all been patched out now, has it? Yeah, it's been patched out because this is a Game of Year edition, so I oh, okay. I picked this up for about 12 quid with all the with the main game and all the DLC. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had any issues at all, really. No, oh, so, good. But I tell you what, it was a weird thing, though. Because... Don't, on a PlayStation, they've got the um, record button that's supposed to same on the Xbox. Mm. And there's certain times where the recording facility would be stopped by the game. So, for example, on Lego Movie, um, it used to stop when they played the movie scenes. Mm -hmm. So it would say, you know, like, you can't record this because if you're going to upload it to Twitch or YouTube or whatever, it's breaking copyright. For some reason, EA stop the recording when you're trying to connect to the EA servers. <laughs> I have no idea. They don't want you to know how long right. it takes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's just one of those little weird things where it'll it'll say connect and it'll go PlayStation stop stop recording. And then it'll go recording resumed. And you're like, well that circle's still twisting telling me that I'm still trying to connect to your server. Mm. Why have you stopped? Yeah, that's very strange mm -hmm. yeah but that's it for me that's only only a couple of games for once that's alright so Dragon Age Inquisition would be your recommendation then yeah um, as long as you know what you're going into an RPG yeah. 
Well, it's uh, I haven't played any of the Dragon Age games, but certainly back in the day playing things like Morrowind or even Oblivion, um, it's very easy to just get stuck in one area mm. or just get into a town and then you know start doing um, guild missions and things like that. And <laughs> you're make, you're making progress for your character, but you're yeah you're not progressing the story any, yeah. and you go off on your little side tracks and what have you. And yeah, it just eats up the time in it without actually necessarily achieving an awful lot in the actual story bit of it. But uh, no, there's still fun games to play because of that, though. Well, as for myself, uh, the games I've been playing, I've just actually noticed there whenever I started writing them down, I have been golfing quite a lot this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, the first one that I've been playing is Desert Golfing. I'm still playing it um, on mobile, and I'm up to whole maybe 2,700 and something, um, with an average sort of shot per hole um, ratio of about 2.74 shots per hole which isn't too bad Um, I saw on Twitter there I think before Christmas um, somebody had actually completed it or got to the end and I think it was something like something ridiculous like 6,000 or 65,000 holes um, at the end of it so I'm barely scraping the surface on that and but it's such an easy game to just sort of play like five ten holes off um over like a 10 minute period um so it's it's one of my distraction games <laughs> as such so it is <laughs> uh, if i get slightly bored or whatever and it's uh, just there at hand um it's one of the ones that i'll go back to the other golfing game that i've been playing is actually a freebie on steam it's called winning putt golfing online um it's free to play there's obviously packs and sort of customizations and things that you can pay for um to get extra little bits and pieces Overall, it's not a bad golfing game. Um, it sort of reminds me of sort of going back to the day of the old PGA Tour um, sort of golfing games and things. It's obviously not quite up there with any of the Mario ones or um, quite adv- as advanced as um, some of the Tiger Woods ones and what have you. Um, but overall, it's not bad. I just find the loading times on it to be very, very slow. Um, whether or not that's because it's connecting back to the server each time you take a shot and what have you just to record your stats and things like that Um, it just seemed to be very very slow but uh, overall if you're interested it's probably worth having a look at have you played that one by Criterion what is it um, Dangerous Golf or something like that is it Extreme Golf or something I think it is Dangerous Golf Um, Mm. and so it is I have read good things about it um, but I haven't actually played it um, I think that a lot of people were. I think that was one of the ones that kind of caught an awful lot of people off guard whenever it actually came out because they realised how fun it is. Mm. It's maybe not quite up there with how you know the fan level of something like Rocket League, um, yeah. sort of as, as an alternative um, sort of football game. Um, but certainly, yeah, um, a lot of people have said very good things about uh, dangerous golfing. Mm. The other game that I've been playing is She Remembered Caterpillars. I'm going to say that um, I follow the developers on Twitter and uh, a couple of weeks ago they put out a tweet asking if anybody wanted a review code for this. So I applied and they uh, they sent us one for LGR um, DU. So I have been playing that. So I just thought I'd put that up front. I say we weren't sent it. Um, I actually requested it because they said that um, you could go ahead and request them if you wanted it. It is a puzzle game um, that reminds me or has been very heavily influenced by um, Alice in Wonderland. You have little characters, little coloured characters, and you have to get them to certain points um, on each of the maps that you're on. You can 
Usually they are primary colours, um, so they're blue, red or yellow, um, but you can merge them then to get additional colours. So if you merge the yellow and the blue you get green, if you merge the yellow and red you get orange, and if you merge the red and blue you get pink. Whenever you're trying to traverse the map to get to the points that you need to um, get all the little characters to, you have to traverse um, different little obstacles. Um, so there'll be like caterpillar bridges, um, there'll be sort of little um, knocker things that only let a certain colour through. The caterpillars are also um, a certain colour, so if it's red, for example, it'll only let a red colour a red colour character pass. Or if there's red in the mixed colour, um, it'll let that character pass as well. It's very, very clever. Um, mm. And there's actually like a text story going on in the background as well to it. Just as little, as I say, just um, little sort of bits of passages and things um, before any of the levels and then in between as well. Um, it's um, very, very lovely to look at. Um, it's well worth looking at screenshots and what have you. And I know certainly on Twitter, um, the game itself was actually only released there, I think, on Friday. And an awful lot of people are starting to rave about it um, as a really, really clever and good puzzle game. The backgrounds and what have you are all um, like hand-drawn um, with sort of different platforms. And um, as I say, the, the mazes and things are very cleverly um, designed. You could spend maybe half an hour on a level and go... I'm just not getting anywhere on this. You hit reset, and then within five minutes you've got the level completed. It's that sort of puzzle game that it sometimes just takes a fresh look um, at a level to actually get it completed. And uh, I'm very, very impressed with it. I am um, think the levels, there's maybe about six sort of mini-levels or six levels in between sort of each chapter as such, and I think I'm on about chapter three. Um, with maybe one or two left on that chapter and certainly I've seen people say that it goes up to at least six I haven't actually looked at the full level list um, but I've been thoroughly enjoying that um, and uh, hopefully um, I'll get uh, convince other people to have a look at it but certainly go and have a look at any of the screenshots or um, videos and things on there is a demo free on Steam at the minute as well um, so it's well worth having a look at that um, just to see if it's your cup of tea but as I say it definitely reminds me of um maybe not quite disney's um alice in wonderland but certainly sort of the readings of the books and things and the the original uh, line drawings and things in the books um it has definitely played an influence on it um thoughtfully enjoyable yeah it looks good i was just having a look at the pictures it's, it's um it's almost like an island isn't it it is yeah yeah very colorful yeah i like the look of that mm-hmm. yeah definitely worth um a look especially um as a, there's a demo what have you there so yeah so that is actually all I've been playing. That's keeping it quite short this week, I think, just because after the mammoth session of the last <laughs> episode, um, whenever we got caught up and then just um, being busy with work and everything, especially this time of year, sort of getting back into the swing of things and sort of new projects and things starting up, it's uh, it's just been busy. So which would you recommend for a laps gamer? For a laps gamer, desert golfing is hard not to recommend Mm. Um, just because it's on mobile it's very quick and easy to pick up and play and the thrill of getting a hole in one (laughs) is um, worth it so it is Um, (laughs) but in saying that you will get onto some holes and you have clocked up over like 20 odd shots on it and you just think how am I ever going to get this done and again it'll just be just hitting it just right you know we'll just get it closer to, to the hole than you have been previously but it's thoroughly good and she remember caterpillars is definitely worth having a look at cool
Okay, we will move on to some news stories that have cropped up this week. The first of the ones that we have is that the final piece of DLC for Dark Souls 3 will be out on March the 28th. According to From Software, The Ring City will end the franchise. Um, From Software will also release a Dark Souls 3 Game of the Year edition on April 21st called the Fire Fades edition um, on PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Well, that's Mark happy, isn't it? Yeah, it will be, yeah. I've seen um, a couple of people having had a look at the trailer on Twitter today Mm. and been slightly disappointed by it for some reason. All right. I think, well... Not necessarily disappointed, maybe just a little bit underwhelmed by it um, as a sort of final closing for the uh, the trilogy as such. Right. I think they've been a little bit disappointed, but then there was always... Dark Souls 3 was never as well regarded um, in the trilogy as the first two, and particularly the first one. Yeah. I think a lot of people have seen it maybe as a little bit more of the same. I don't think they have thought that the creativity behind it has been quite as good as it was back in um, sort of Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2. Hmm. And uh, as I say, just have generally been just a little bit underwhelmed by the game as such um, because of that. Although, from what I can tell, there's an awful lot of fan service and an awful lot more lore um, in Dark Souls 3 that a lot of people could get into. Um, but it just hasn't yeah. grabbed people as much for whatever reason. No, you're, pro- you're probably expecting a lot of them to cry out when there's no Dark Souls 4, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then, as Mark was saying, they kind of shot themselves in the foot because Bloodborne was such a wonderful entry and sort of sidestep Um, and I know it's not part of the actual series but from that developer um, I think an awful lot of people hold Bloodborne now in a lot higher regard and Dark Souls 3 Mm. never quite matched that and uh, I think that's why an awful lot of people have been disappointed with it. I might pick up up. so I've got the first, I've got Souls Demon's Souls, I've got Dark Souls Mm -hmm. 2 so I might eventually pick it up but not for a while yeah. yet. Still want to play those others. I've got Demon Souls. I can't do that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they possibly take a, a certain amount of certain mentality, I think. Yeah, one of the Souls games was free with games with gold for Xbox a while ago. Mm-hmm. So I have one of them. I've just never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have Demon Souls and Dark Souls on the PC. Uh, well, I've got Demon Souls on PlayStation 3, obviously, and Dark Souls on the um, PC. I have played a fair amount of Demon Souls, but I am terrible at it. Um, I don't think I've made an awful lot of progress in it, and I think to a certain extent, I've seen people sort of describing it as, think of it more as a racing game. Every time you go into the level, you get a little bit further because you know the level a little bit more. Um, Whereas... Whenever I play it, it almost feels like a survival game where <laughs> you don't want to die purely because you've made so much progress and you've got so much stuff and you just don't want to lose that stuff. Um, so I'm probably entering it with the wrong mentality. The I like the playstyle of the game, um, of Demon's Souls anyway, and uh, have, I'm enjoying it, but again, I'm just not making an awful lot of progress on it for the time spent. Uh, so I'll go back to it sometime and uh, hopefully make a little bit more progress. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Save your joypads. Yeah. Our next story is that Micro Machines is returning to the Xbox One, PS4 and PC on April 21st. The new game will have online play with up to 12 players. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, so this is Codemasters actually dipping into their um, old licenses and... Uh, producing something that an awful lot of people will hopefully enjoy. There, we're going back to the, the good old days of the, the Mega Drive and the um, Genesis, so we are for this. 
Um, so many people love playing the Micro Machines games on those, and uh, especially whenever they had the uh, the special cartridge um, that allowed the sort of the built-in multi-tap, mm. um, which allowed for local four-player uh, games. And uh, yeah, so many people will be very very happy to see this um, coming back, and there will be very high expectations for it, I'm sure. Um, but hopefully, um, Codemasters can live up to the name on it. Well, all they had to do for me was just release those Mega Drive versions put some online and I'd be happy yeah they didn't have to go 3D <laughs> that's true actually yeah I think that would keep an awful lot of people happy um, yeah. especially if they were able to increase uh, the multiplayer you wouldn't necessarily expect 12 but even if they could take it up to maybe mm. 6 or 8 yeah um, that would be quite good yeah just oh, top down really happy we don't have to go for all this fancy Nancy 3D looking and everything mm. Yeah, just keep that original handling and the original bounciness. That was just so great when yeah. you bounced into somebody accidentally <coughs> and then knocked them off the um, edge of the toilet seat or the snooker table. Yes, um, even the sort of slight spin off on that Micromaniacs was also good back in the day as well. Yeah, um, I thought that was a running one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was actually little characters as opposed to mm. little um, vehicles and things. Uh, yeah, so they have a really good format there. Um, that hopefully they won't tinker with too much playstyle wise um, so we'll have to wait and see mm. um, but looking at that then that means that the game of the year edition of Dark Souls 3 is out on the April 21st as is Micro Machines um, on mm. the 21st as well yeah I know which one I'll get <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. There's an awful lot of people here. It's physical as well. And they're actually doing a physical release of it. Yeah, it's about twenty-two quid. I've seen it in the, U- in the UK. Oh, that's not a not a bad price. That will be tempting. No. I doubt Dark Souls Three will be that price. Um, I think it'll be an awful lot closer to forty pounds ish. Hmm. Um, so it will. The other couple of news items. Um, well, actually, I'll jump into the uh, the one about the Apple increases the App Store prices by 25% um, following the Brexit vote. Apple have increased the App Store prices by quite a significant amount, mm. um, although it's uh, quite a lot to do with the fact that the pound has dropped almost, what, 19% in value um, since the Brexit vote uh, last year. So it's actually surprising that it's maybe taken this long um, to get around to actually increasing the prices. So anything that was like two ninety nine or what have you is um, jumped up to three ninety nine, and uh, it does make quite a few games on the Apple iStore look just that little bit too dear. Yeah. Um, to a degree. Again, it's. I'm sure there probably will be a knock-on effect, and it'll be being applied to other stores as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, the Google Play Store possibly increasing the prices at some stage as well. Um. But certainly, any of the sort of bigger games that um, Apple were maybe asking seven ninety nine or even ten ninety nine for, um, particularly things like Transistor or uh, some of the Final Fantasy games, um, or any of the other games that are on um, console and Steam that have also got uh, mobile ports, it does put their pricing a little bit out of people's happy ranges, <laughs> I would say. And uh, does make them a lot less likely to buy them, um, sort of as an impulse purchase. Mm. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? You know, like two, three quid, you can, uh, yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah. But if it goes any more, you're like thinking, mm, it's a bit like it's a less of an impulse and more of a commitment. And it's also think, if a pound ever goes back up in value, will that price come down? Doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, I would be very surprised if. Doubtful. Um, yeah. yeah, very, very doubtful. But, uh, 
An interesting thing, so that has happened actually within the last few days because I know they're over on Thursday or Friday, the prices were still as they were. Mm. Um, so yeah, at some stage over the weekend that um, those prices have increased. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just an excuse really, isn't it? Just an excuse yeah. it's increased prices. I mean, you say 19% drop and we're putting increasing prices by 25%. Yep. Even the person who's least able at maths should be able to work out <laughs> there's a 6% difference there. Yeah, it was going to happen. Um but it is a little bit cheeky. And I suppose the app store and what have you, and the sort of digital storefronts and what have you, don't necessarily increase the prices due to inflation and things like that. Usually they do come down an awful lot more than they go up. So yeah, this is actually quite a bold step, and it does say an awful lot about the sort of global market at the minute, and uh, particularly to do with the conversion rates on the currency. Mm. The other two stories that we have are that the 50 best-selling video games of 2016 have been revealed. This is UK, first of all. So, basically, FIFA and Call of Duty um, are squaring off for their yearly (laughs) yearly battle uh, for the wallets of UK gamers. So, there's not an awful lot of new IPs um, sort of sitting in the top 50. Mm, Division, Uh, number four. Yeah, yeah. um, But, you know, we're looking... Grand Theft Auto sitting at number five. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> you know, and even the rest of them are almost sequels. Well, I suppose Overwatch um, came out in 2016 mm. as well. Um, so there's a new one. Um, but, you know. I'll tell you what was shocking, though. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 outsold Overwatch. Yeah, that is actually quite really? surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. in the UK, yeah. yeah, just a quick rundown here, Stan. So, number 10 is Forza Horizon 3. Number 9 is Overwatch. Number 8 is Watch Dogs 2. Number 7 is Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Number 6 is uh, Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. Number 5 is Grand Theft Auto 5. Number 4 is The Division. Number 3 is Battlefield 1. Number 2 is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And number 1 is FIFA 17. Uh, the rest of the um, list, you've got things like Mafia 3, um, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim Special Edition, which is actually quite surprising considering that's in at number 12 um, for, for a game that is, what, nearly, what, five years old? Probably more, even. Yeah. Um, even FIFA... But it's a remaster. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, even FIFA 16... That's a loophole. Mani- yeah, even FIFA 16 managed to squeak in to number 13. Um, which is what? outselling Doom. <laughs> yeah, outselling outselling Doom, Lego Marvel Avengers, Star Wars Battlefront, um, Minecraft, the Xbox One and Xbox 360 editions, Gears of War 4, and you start going down. You've got Rocket League, Titanfall 2 down at number 27. Uh, no Man's Sky was number 29. Um, what else? Dishonored at 30. Yeah. Dishonored 2. Now, is this units sold or money spent? Units, it'll be. F- uh, it'll be units sold, and um, let's see. I'm just wondering. Yeah, so as has been the case for years now, 2016 uh, saw yet another fall of our retail vat sales, uh, which were down 15.8%, uh, down to 1.7 billion pounds. Uh, this was almost certainly compensated by digital sales, um, but since there is no regular information on dial notable sales. Um, it's impossible to say for sure. So basically, these figures um, are purely on the actual physical releases. Um, so maybe hmm. things things like um, sort of Titanfall two or even um, certainly No Man's Sky um, will have been sort of well Rocket League too. Well, Rocket League as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would have just bought those on digital releases as opposed to necessarily physical. Mm-hmm. I think what it does say though is that for an awful lot of gamers in the UK, basically coming around to Christmas is when they buy an awful lot of their games. 
you know, for FIFA 17 and certainly Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, and to a lesser extent Battlefield 1, um, have definitely been on an awful lot of people's Christmas lists. And for them to generate those sort of sales in maybe one or two months, um, coming up to the end of the year, um, says an awful lot about people's buying habits um, coming up to Christmas and the fact that an awful lot of people will buy those, um, you know, the next uh, expansion or installment of those series, um, basically on a yearly basis. The worst part about it all is um, Call of Duty and Battlefield 1, they came out in what, like November anyways? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not even like the whole, that's not like people could have just waited like until just waiting until the holidays, you know what I mean? Like they didn't even come out early enough for, to even have like a slow burn yeah. and then like to, to flame out towards the end, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? That's crazy. Yeah, those are big numbers that they must have been selling in, let's say, one or two months um, compared to the rest of the list. I mean, Uncharted 4 mm-hmm. did pretty well for a single format. Yep, that's it's, very true yeah. actually, yeah. Um, looking at the bottom end, Do Sex, Mankind Divided, which uh, Mark, you know, says is a really good game. Number fifty. Mm-hmm. Just ahead of it was Skyland Imaginators, which I understand sold very poor. So yeah, and then well, even Just Dance twenty seventeen, they're down the bottom. <laughs> it's still selling, as is Guitar Hero Live as well. And there's Disney Infinity three point zero mm. in at number forty three. As a contrast to the. UK list then, um, we have the US chart as well. Uh, so despite all the complaints and downvotes, Call of Duty was still the best-selling game of last year in the US, followed by Battlefield 1. We like to shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, we've only got a top 10 um, for the US, but it covers all formats. So at number 10, we have Final Fantasy 14. At number 9, we have FIFA 17. At number 8, we have Call of Duty Black Ops 3. At number 7, we have Overwatch. At number 6, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number 5, Madden NFL 17. 4, NBA 2K 17. Number 3, The Division. Number 2, Battlefield 1. Number 1, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Sports and shooting. That's what <laughs> <Sports> you like. <laughs> That's right. America. With a bit of RPG at the end. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Um, and even if you look at the, they actually have the US All Formats chart purely for December. Um, so mixed in there, then we've got Pokemon Moon, Pokemon Sun, uh, Watch Dogs Two actually gets in there on the list, and Final Fantasy Fifteen actually makes it into the number two slot purely for sales within um, December um, of the year. So an interesting list it comes down to things that people want on their Christmas yeah. list. Um, you know, things like NBA 2K17, Madden NFL 17 um, would have all been released probably as late as October. Um, well, at the earliest in October, um, probably. Um, they would have landed. Madden in, comes out in August. Does it? Really? Yeah, that early? Yep. Oh, it kicks okay. off silly yep. season with classified Madden. When Madden comes out, silly season starts. <laughs> Alright, okay. <laughs> Basketball, I have no idea, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at it, we, we discussed how weak the sales were of um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, but there it is. Sales can't have been might have been down, but can't have been so bad that it dropped down completely. Because yeah. if they if, mm-hmm. if they're saying that that sold weekly, what does it say about the rest of the industry? Yeah, it does say an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it it could be an indication that an awful lot more people are buying digitally. 
Yeah. As I say, those are only uh, you know the physical releases and things. So while they're saying that um, sort of general spend and what have you is down, and that is a possibility as well, um, it doesn't include the uh, the physical releases or the uh, digital yeah. releases um, that people are obviously downloading. I think we are starting to see an awful lot more people buying digitally and uh, the sales and things on that, um, even though it doesn't necessarily include mm. Nintendo, um, who are very stubborn about mm. their sales. Um, certainly on PSN and the uh, the Microsoft storefront and especially on Steam, um, the sales for the digital downloads uh, are an awful lot better um, than you would necessarily get physical yeah. copies of. And I think that has a huge impact on it. Yeah. I don't know if it's different here because does your broadband plan is it slightly different? Do you have caps and all that on yours? Me? No. As as of right now, where I live, anyways, I know like like watching Major Nelson complain on Twitter about um, he has caps, but where I'm at, there's no caps here yet. But I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah, it's just I listened to some of Giant Bomb and all that, and they were complaining that there was quite a lot of caps being put into places, I think that's San Francisco, where they live, but there seems to be a lot more capping on the internet so if they're capping the internet in certain places around the states and you say you're a bit worried maybe coming to you, it sort of goes against the digital trend doesn't it, because you can't download for example if you were to buy Doom now, what I understand it's a 70 gig download that's going to break your cap Yep. plus whatever else yeah. with one thing, yep mm-hmm. it's insane Yep, and that's what they're. That's what they keep trying to tr- like argue with the whole net neutrality thing and whatnot. So hopefully they make it a because it's dumb that they're like, oh yeah, you we can cap this. Why? Mm-hmm. Why can you cap it? It's not doing anything. It's dumb. Just so that you can charge you more for an extra service on it. It's yeah. Yeah. Oh, of it's course. All purely about of the course. Money. Of course it is. Oh yeah, and I'm sure with in, in Trump's America, we'll be all fine now. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to the recent tweets and things that are coming out, and uh, who he's got in charge of the net neutrality bit of it. Uh, oh no, no, um, we're we're boned. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. boned so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a weird thing. Like the industry wants you to go digital, and they're putting bigger and bigger patches. But like, say the ISPs seem to be squeezing it. Mm. I mean, that's really started it here. You do notice an increase if you want unlimited, but it's not as. Unlimited does mean unlimited, still. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I mean that's what's going to take is stuff like, um, because I know it started with Netflix where they're like, all right, well, if you have Netflix, like there's certain things that they're going to charge a uh, a service fee to use like Netflix streaming. It's like, well, you just take it out of that area, but instead they take they they'll cave to whatever and do whatever they have to do. It's like, no, no, no. Like, if Netflix was not available because of the cable company or whatever, then people are going to change their who they're going to use. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's the, the companies have to be like, no, no, no. You can't have, like, for in my area, there's basically two cable companies. Um, I mean, not including satellite. But in, like, the condo complex I live in, the only pl- people that can get in here is Comcast. Right. And I, I worked for Dish Network for a couple of years, and... You'd go into places, but the only places that like Comcast had like exclusive contracts with them is like, isn't that the whole like monopoly <laughs> thing? Like, aren't you not supposed to be able to do that? Isn't that the point? But they don't stand up to them, and th- like it's the same thing with the power companies we have here. They're all like, you have one thing available, so you can't even yeah. do anything. It's terrible. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> you can't win. 
slightly different for us. We've got the competition committee, and we've got we can instantly change from tariffs and all that. If mm. we go to various companies around, yeah, there's only a couple here, and like Comcast just buys them up because it used to be like where my father lives. There was like he had one company for years, and then that company went away. It was bought by some other company, and now that like then that company was bought by Comcast, and now Comcast owns everything. Mm. So, Shit. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> video games. <laughs> it's an interesting thing tied to video games. That's all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. And then, well, obviously, the physical stores and what have you want to try and remain in business, mm. and obviously, employ local staff and things like that. You know, so. There's always wanting to sort of keep jobs within your local vicinity. Yep. But yeah, whenever the prices and what have you, and um, certainly game over in the UK, um, really do price gouge. Um, if they can get away with selling something at its full uh, recommended retail price, they will. Um, even though you can very obviously just go on the Amazon and get it for five, ten pounds less. And uh, it's whenever you get to that stage and think, but I could save. 10 or 15 pounds by not buying it in store yeah um it's it doesn't it's not a hard decision to make um even if it does mean that um the stores could eventually just disappear yep and like for me i still prefer physical media Mm -hmm. like because okay i bought this game i've already beaten it but my friend hasn't played yet here you go you can borrow the disc or whatever Yeah. yeah but you can't do that with digital stuff i'm the same way with movies like i'd rather like buy the blu-ray and own it as opposed to just buying it on iTunes or whatever and streaming it. Yeah. yeah. I like it when it comes with the digital copy, don't get me wrong, but I still would rather have that disc that I can be like, okay, like my father hasn't seen this movie, I can loan him the Blu-ray and he can watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but most of my friends have gone the digital way. Like when Battlefield 1 came out, they all got it digitally, but I still bought the disc. Yeah. So I'm like, I'd rather have the disc in case, you know, something happens where... You know, the I know with EA going back to EA accessing. If you're if you're not connected to live, I think it doesn't work right. It like it has to check the license every now and then for that. Mm. So digitally stuff like things can happen where oh look your your license is whatever. But yeah, if you have the physical disc, you can always just put it in. Yeah, it was also a thing where digital games get deleted. I think it was a recent thing at Christmas or something, just New Year, where Turtles, the game that came out last year from yep. Platinum, they must have lost the license Activision and that got deleted. Yep. So people weren't able to buy that anymore, but you can buy this physical copy. But I do remember reading about somebody who um, had his digital copy. I don't think he'd play the digital copy or what, or on the, he had it on his list or his library, but it was deleted from his library. Oh, okay. Even then, so he wasn't able to re-download it, because technically if, you've, if you own it, they do allow you to re-download yeah. it, but he wasn't even able to do that. So it's little things like that where we can just delete it from your whole library and you've paid the money and you've got no sort of comeback I think he managed to get his managed to get a refund I think mm-hmm. it was from Microsoft itself but you know they could just take the line well sorry it's, it's gone you know you can't play it anymore it's a bit of a shitty thing to do yep it is it's like that with any sort of online games and things like that um, I know last year uh, as at Square Enix closed down the Nosgoth ser- servers um, the Soul Reaver mm. ones and then I think uh, recently towards uh, the end of the year there I think one of the might might have might and magic um, clash of heroes a um, card building um, game mm. 
Um, the servers were all shut off and an awful lot of people weren't happy because of the amount of money um, they'd spent on it. But the same thing's going to happen with Hearthstone and eventually World of Warcraft and what have you. Um, you know, they're mm. all going to be shut off and it, it's whether or not you deem that you have got um, your money's worth um, out of those games um, that are online uh, before the actual servers are cut off um, yeah. is what an awful lot of people would look at and you know okay yes an awful lot of people do sink an awful lot of money into them um, but in reality they do enjoy playing them and whenever mm. you get to that stage you can't really complain um, unless you've just been play, paying your monthly World of Warcraft subscription without actually playing it in which case it's your own fault <laughs> It's like having a Netflix yeah. subscription and not watching it, you know, it's just... Yeah, true. Um, you know, it's a financial decision that you make, um, knowing uh, the sort of premise of a game or a service that you're actually paying money into. Yeah, you sort of understand that. It's when, like, say we do it off the Steam Store, for PSN or Xbox Live, um, we delete it there and it's just a very shady thing. Because... Mm. You know, that, that the distinction, isn't it? Where you are licensing the game from digitally, but you, when you buy the physical thing, they do say it's licensed, but you actually own the disc. Yeah. So it's just that legal distinction where anything digitally technically isn't yours. Yeah, I mean, that licensing thing, that happened with, um, what's it called? Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It had... Yeah. Um, there were there were character bundles, and then they lost the license to certain characters, so you couldn't. Mm. And then they had like achievements tied to doing certain things with certain characters, but you can't get those achievements now because unless you bought it previously, you can't even access mm. those yeah those characters at all. Yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? It's just a bit of a mess. Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting area, and I'm sure one that will probably come up on other topic shows later in the year. If you've been following our Twitter feed um, recently, you will have known that um, throughout January we have been advertising um, an awful lot of free games um, that you can play. Um, These games are always free and uh, remain so, and we hope that you've been enjoying them. We also um, want to promote our ongoing Game Codes giveaway. Um, There will be a link in the Podbean notes, and they are nearly all games that are on Steam. Uh, so feel free to add your name beside any game that you fancy uh, having a go at. And uh, we ask you to have a little bit of respect for your fellow listeners and not take too many. Um, but certainly if there's any that you're interested in, let us know. You can find the LGR shows. You can stream them directly or download their episodes as MP3s via our Podbean homepage, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. Uh, if you're enjoying our content, please subscribe to the Laps Gamer Radio on iTunes. Um, you can also do it via Podbean as well. And all reviews are most welcome and appreciated in order to allow our little community to thrive. And so with that, Nick, I would like to thank you very much for coming on as a guest. Thanks for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, not really. I mean, I'm on yeah. Twitter, uh, laneit360, L-A-N-E-I-T-360. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, uh, I have I have Xbox Live, so if you want to add me on that, it's la- just lane it, and that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, that's fair enough. And thank you very much, Andy, for coming on as well. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Go Pats.